NBA.com has ranked the Chicago Bulls going into the season as the eighth best team in the Eastern Conference. We're going to talk about why this Bulls team does earn some optimism, and we're going to talk about why some Bulls fans are pessimistic about a Bulls roster that hasn't really changed that much. We're going to talk about all those things, plus dive into the mailbag right after this. You are now tuned in to Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for all things Chicago Bulls, hosted by Hayes. What's going on, Bulls fans? Welcome to another episode of Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related. I'm the host here, Hayes. You guys can follow the channel right off the top at Bulls Central Pod on every social media platform. But with that being said, let's go ahead and get into the content for today. So the Bulls rank eighth in uh, an NBA.com article in the in the Eastern Conference. And so this is, uh, you know, I know a lot of Bulls fans are going to be kind of surprised by hearing that because when you, when you talk to the Bulls fan base, a lot of Bulls fans are uh, pessimistic about the Chicago Bulls team considering that not much change, especially not as much as what a lot of Bulls fans were hoping to coming into the season as far as seeing a drastic change for this Bulls team. For all intents and purposes, this team has pretty much ran, ran it back, right, with some changes in those margin areas, bringing in uh, a rookie in Julian Phillips. But for the most part, it stays relatively the same. Now you have changed out players like uh, Javante Green and Derek Jones Jr. for Javon Carter and Torrey Craig. But when you really look at things, there hasn't really been much change for the Chicago Bulls. And so, um, you know, here's what I'll say, right? And we're going to talk about both and all sides of it, but I want to kind of dig more into this article, kind of the teams that were ranked above and below the Chicago Bulls in this article. So as we said, the Bulls ranked eighth in this article, right? And some of the things that they cited with it is, you know, the, the acquisitions of Javon Carter, Torrey Craig, uh, how the team as, you know, did have a positive net rating overall, but not too much, uh, not, not extremely high, right? And just saying that, you know, with the, with the Bulls adding in Javon Carter and having a point guard to kind of start the season, all the things that we really know. But when you look at the teams that are below the, the Chicago Bulls, the Brooklyn Nets set at number nine on this list. Now, this is a team that, you know, people are kind of trying to figure out how to, how to appropriately rank coming into the season. Yes, they played really good after even trading away Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving last season. And, uh, you know, that team's led by Mikael Bridges, uh, Cam Johnson, who got paid as well. And they have some really solid players on that team. And I look at that team as being one of the teams that's going to be scrappy, right? That's going to play really hard. That's probably going to play pretty consistently. Um, and, and it's going to beat some really good teams at times. Then you look at uh, the Toronto Raptors ranked at 10th. Now, the, the Raptors who, you know, swapped out Fred Van Vliet for, for Dennis Schroeder. Uh, Nick Nurse is out. Darko Rajadovic, I think is how you say his name comes in as the head coach there. They were able to uh, to retain Jakob Poto. Um, but this is a team that, you know, a lot of people are kind of still much still have questions like they do with the Bulls. Like, is Scotty Barnes going to take that next leap? Is this team going to trade Pascal Siakam? What do they get back in a case like that, right? How is this team going to perform with the new coach? So those are the teams that rank below the Chicago Bulls. You can also throw in the Indiana Pacers who came in at number 11. You guys know I really like the Indiana Pacers roster, and I do think that they can come in and be damn good next season. When you look at their acquisitions of Bruce Brown, Obi Toppin, Jarace Walker, uh, they lost Chris Duarte, but, you know, they've added a lot of talent there. Ben Matherin's probably going to be a starter to start the season out this season. I like what they've done on the bench there. So that puts the Bulls above some teams that are younger than them. Um, a team in the Atlanta Hawks that, you know, has, has played really good against the Chicago Bulls as well, uh, ranks above them at number seven. Um, and then you also have the Miami Heat at number six. I think a lot of people, too, are kind of trying to figure out how to rank the Miami Heat appropriately because 
I don't think many people expect the Miami Heat's roster right now to be the roster that they have by the end of the season. I think most people expect Dame Lillard to become a member of the Miami Heat at some point this season, right? So the reasons for optimism around this team, we've talked about here pretty consistently, right? The improvement in the margins, the bringing in, you have Javon Carter now to start the season. That's your Pat Bev replacement. Uh, you've added three-point shooting with him and Torrey Craig, both you know being players that have been on teams that have made deep playoff runs. Torrey Craig being another player that kind of just understands how to go about and get him. Both of those guys, role players, but they could pay a big dividend for the Chicago Bulls with their point of attack defense, with their three-point shooting, and, and you know just help the Bulls in those margin areas that the Bulls needed it. And I think you know while there are a lot of Bulls fans that are extremely down on this roster, that wanted to see tons of change. Hell, we got a voicemail from Kelder who he just wants to see everything change. That's my guy, though. Uh, but, you know, I understand that, you know, the reasons for pessimism, we're going to talk about those reasons and the legitimate reasons for pessimism with this team. But I do think that I think people forget, hey, Zach Levine did not start off the season healthy on top of adding uh, Pat Bev in the middle of the season or towards the end of the season and that really helping him take his game even further. But we really didn't see Zach Levine, the Zach Levine that we expect until about January, right? Now, hopefully, knock on wood, with this team having relative health and, and being able to finally, hopefully, stay healthy for the most part of the season, we, we just have not seen the Chicago Bulls really have that level of health consistently, right? Since we came together, we had it at the beginning of the initial season with, with Lonzo. We lost Lonzo and Zach. Then last season, apparently DeMar was dealing with the injury for most of the season. Zach Levine started off the season hobbled, all those type of things. I do think that this team is going to be better than what a lot of Bulls fans are giving it credit for. And I think that one of the things that is harder to quantify in the NBA and in sports in general is when you improve in the margins. Yes, the big names are the ones that get the flash and all that, and that's where you can absolutely say, hey, like the Suns, we added Bradley Bill, right? Tons of talent, right? But at times when you have a core, and a core that you're going to bet on, a core that's absolutely flawed, right? When you add in things that, that that team absolutely needs to help that engine go a little bit better, it's harder to kind of understand how those pieces are going to come together and fight a little bit harder to get above that. Now, I do think that this Bulls team, rather than fighting to make the play-in, is going to be fighting to avoid the play-in. They're going to be fighting to get to one of those seeds that's going to put them out of place to avoid the play-in tournament. But it really comes down to a couple of things, right? Now that you have Javon Carter to start the season, who I and many others expect to be your starting point guard, and, like, Zach Levine can't have those excuses. Right now, hopefully, you have ball handlers again that the, that the mistakes that Zach Levine make down the stretch aren't going to be those things anymore, right? And hopefully, Billy Donovan, which is one of the biggest question marks around this team and signs for pessimism is because regardless of what this team and how this team has changed on paper, you got Billy Donovan still as your head coach. And while Billy Donovan is not a horrible head coach, he's not, but he... he he may still not be the, the right head coach for this team and may not have the right me mentality, methodology, uh, the right voice to really get the most out of this team at times. But again, even with that said, as long as you have Billy Donovan, as long as the core stays the same, until this core proves some things, you're always going to have some doubt around this team, right? Is Billy Donovan going to make enough changes now to where do we fight now for the offensive rebounds, right? Because we should be a better half-court defense with what we have right? Another sign for pessimism. But all the young players that we draft, none of them has really hit that, that assist that we expected from them. P. Will hasn't, while still a very solid player, especially as a fourth option in, in a starting lineup, still solid, but has not really hit that expectation that the front office or Bulls fans have for him, right or wrong, right? 
Dalen Terry. We don't even know what we have in Dalen Terry. And you got some people who even think Dalen Terry can't play at the NBA level. I think those people are fools. But, you know, it is what it is. There's still that reason for doubt. You got Io DeSumo, who you re-signed, right, who took a step back last season. And we all know, as Chicago Bulls fans, a big portion of the fan community is ready to just write a player off the moment that they don't perform the way that they think they should, right? So you have that. You have Julian Phillips, who's shown some promise, right? But we haven't seen him at the NBA level yet. Is Billy Donovan even going to play him? But the fact of the matter is this, is that AK went out with not a lot of assets, even though we have the, de- the disabled player exception, part of our mid-level exception still now, but not a lot to add true free agents, right? Not a lot of practical cap space. And he brought in Torrey Craig. He brought in Javon Carter. He traded up to get Julian Phillips. He brought in Arnold Bitum from the uh, Euro League, right? He did all those things. So... With that being said, the the reasons and cause for pessimism and optimism amongst this Bulls fan base, you have positives and negatives on all sides of it. And until it's proven on the court, right, we can say all day, I can sit here all day and tell you and go over these metrics and these numbers of how the Bulls improve, but until it's proven on the court and people see it, it's tangible, we taste it, we feel it, we see it, we celebrate it, right? Until that happens, you're going to always have some doubt from a fan base that's just tired of being let down in a front office that seems has has been pretty content in just letting us go, like, struggle to where we struggle. Yes, we have more assets than what we've ever had to potentially make moves at the trade deadline. But you're not going to get a lot of Bulls fans right now that are going to believe that that's going to happen because of the way that AK and Eversley have maneuvered the last two trade deadlines. So, you know, as long as those things happen, you're going to have your pessimistic Bulls fans. You're going to have your optimistic Bulls fans. You're going to have your fans that really don't even know how to really feel about the team. Some because they don't actually watch games. But, you know, that's that's a story for another day. Um, so you have those things. And those things are always going to maintain true and be consistent for a team until they show it. And so, you know, one of the things that I hope that this team does initially start through training camp, through preseason, is finally establish a consistent identity a consistent level of play on both sides of the ball, a consistent way that you can just expect this team to perform. With so many games last season that we watched and saw this team rocking and rolling, looking great for two, three quarters, and then it all come crashing down by the Chicago Bulls because they couldn't hold on the lead, right? And that is another reason for pessimism around this Bulls team. We saw it. We got our hopes up. We saw this team play good and great in some games, and then it all come crashing down within that same game. We're not even talking about a week of of just riding it out. So this Bulls team got some things to figure out. Us as fans, we have some things to figure out, and we have some things to wait and see. The, The worst place to be for a fan base that already has had doubt around the team and has not seen a team maintain a consistent level of play is to be is to be in the wait and see area. And that's where we are as Bulls fans right now. And we still got a handful of months. October is still a couple of months away. And we still have that much time before we can really see what the Chicago Bulls team is going to be. So while you have NBA.com ranking us as the eighth best team in the East, which to me I was surprised by considering how much national media doubt has been around the Chicago Bulls team, rightfully so. But we'll see it, and we'll see it sooner rather than later. But okay, let's go ahead and get into the mailbag portion of today's episode. We got the first one coming up. This one's from Big O. What's going on, Hayes? It's Big O, man. Boy, getting a lot better. I was calling to chime in, man, because let's uh, uh, see your videos or whatever. Uh, but yeah, we know rebuild ain't coming, man. I just hate to hear fans try to tell other fans on how to feel, you know what I mean? Because I think where this team is at, every reaction is warranted. You know what I mean? Um, I think that, you know, you know, I got a metaphor for, like, you know, the way Bulls fans feel, 
the way management feels and the, the way the team is constructed. I feel like, you know, the Bulls, the Bulls fans, you know, the team is a girl. You know what I mean? The team is a girl that you know you're not going to marry. You know you're not going all the way. You're not spending your rest of your life with this. You know what I mean? You're not going to get a ring out of this girl. You know what I mean? This 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 Kira roster is the fun girl. This Kira roster is the top. You know what I mean? She just she just the girl you want to have fun with, and you ain't even having fun with. Her. <laughs> Cause you know what I mean? Even if it's a girl, you know she cool. We kicking it. But you like, I can't see us, you know, going all the way, but we can, you know, we have our little time. That's what this team's supposed to be. You know what I mean? So for the fans that may want this thing broken up, and, you know, I called in after the season and told you if I had my way, I would tear this thing down, at least the big three. I would have tore it down. You know what I mean? I would have kept the young guys, you know, and I, I'm going to stand on that. You know what I mean? But I also know where this team is at and what, and what management is at. So, you know what I mean? How can we make this team better? But back to my analogy, you know what I mean? Fans that feel like they want this thing broke up, looking for that girl they want to marry. They don't want to play around. They don't want they don't want the fun girl. You know what I mean? At least I think they'll be satisfied with the fun girl, but she ain't even a fun girl. You know what I mean? But the fans at least want a fun girl or someone they can marry. You know what I mean? They want they want the everlasting. You know what I mean? This chick is has been boring for the past Year and a half. This chick ain't been fun the past year and a half. And I don't see nothing wrong with fans wanting that. Now we like you said, this team not they not breaking it up, at least not now. But we also can be realistic on both sides and understand that this team if this thing continue to go sideways, you know what I mean? If it continue to go sideways, them tearing this thing down is definitely still a possibility and even you mentioned that. So thanks for taking the call, brother. Uh, I'll be listening to chiming in with you, man. Keep doing your thing. Be red. First up, Big O. What did what did she leave you, bro? Like, what, like why go with that analogy? Why'd you go with that ball? Like, and he went into this whole detail. Did did you marry a thought, bro? Like, what what happened? What what why why like what happened, bro? Like that that seemed personal, bro. We got deep in there. We got into the analogy of Big O at that point in time. Like, what happened, bro? Big O sent us through some time some things that happened in his young life, bro. Like. Hey man, I, I I listen. I ain't never. That's not my story. I ain't never been through it, right? Where you where you where you end up wifing up a thought. I don't know, man. But whatever happened, bro. The fact that you went with that bar, that was deep, bro. That was deep. Like I I don't even know, man. But to get into the basketball part of it, here's what I'll say, man. Um, I'll say this: is that this team? You can say that you're not having fun, and I get it. Like expectations kill, and and. And this Bulls team has not lived up to even their expectations. What we hear Zach Levine, Demar, even head coach Billy Donovan, hell, what even AK say that they that what this team wants to be, it has not lived up to that, right? But the fact of the matter is, and you know me, I'm a, I'm always somebody who lives in realism. Once somebody shows you what's going to happen, we can say all day, well, if this team struggles, there's a possibility they could look to blow it all up, which there is. And I've said before, I do think if we still are struggling and staying in that play-in, barely making it out the first round for the next two years, I do think that. At that point in time, once we clear all of our debts with first-round picks, that, that that may open up the door to make some more major moves and maybe what AK's been willing to do thus far. But a full rebuild is not coming. And so, you know, I understand hoping, wishing, dreaming for it. And, you know, it is what it is. But here's what I'll say. Not every relationship is meant to last. And we'll see where this team takes us, man. But Jesus, big O, like, hey, man. Hey, man, let her go, bro. Let her go, man. But all right, let's let this go. Let's go ahead and get to the last voicemail for today. Uh, no, I'm sorry, the second voicemail for today. This one's from Shay. What's up, man? This is Shay. You know, 
I've been listening to people, even you say Patrick Williams needs to be more aggressive this and be more aggressive that. And I do agree to some extent he needs to be rebounding the ball a lot more better and all of that and taking the initiative on offense. But, you know, I'm a little bit torn in between the two because, yeah, then again, we say he needs to be aggressive. But when you're playing with guys like DeMar DeRozan and Zach Levine and then they're driving and they need you to shoot, where your opportunities gonna gonna come, you know what I'm saying? So yeah, I do agree on a certain extent, but at the same time, I think he needs to get more of his points off of like offensive rebounding and all that, you know what I'm saying? Because there's a good chance that Billy Donovan might not run any plays for him, for him, and I think that he might need to get more of his points like on like passing lane, jumping, and you know like certain hustle things that you don't see on the boards. And I feel like a lot of people, you know, they just see the see 20, someone aver- not averaging 20 points a game, and then, then they think that it's that they're not doing anything when we fail to mention Patrick Williams did average like 10 points on this team. Now, now if he was on a championship one team where all he had to do was his role that he did for us, I mean, he uh be an effective player, but I'm saying, like, you know, basically I'm saying I don't think fans should, like, expect, like, 20 points a game out of him. I, I think that if he gives us about a good 13 to maybe 14, hell, even 15 at the max, I think we should be happy with that, you know, as long as it's on a consistent basis. Anyway, tell me what you think. Please. All right, so, it's Shay, what you described as being more aggressive. That's why we say P-Will needs to be more aggressive. And I know some people do have the unrealistic expectation because P. Will was a fourth overall pick to go out there and score 18 points per game. That's not what we're saying. When I say specifically that P. Will needs to be more aggressive, I am talking about go after offensive rebounds because then you get putbacks. Then you do get more opportunities, right? Take players off the dribble a little bit more in those opportunities that you get. Stop passing up some of the open shots, which he started, you know, doing a little bit less in the back half of the season. Stop passing up the open shots. Take the damn shot, P. Will. You are a best three-point shooter. That's what we what I mean by more aggressive. I know some people do mean like, oh, take the ball, like forget the play, just shoot the ball, all those type of things. No, I'm saying that by P. Will being more aggressive, defensively and offensively, crashing the boards a little bit more, going for pit, putbacks when your teammates miss, miss shots, that's going to get you more opportunities. That's going to build your confidence. And with your size and speed, that's going to get you uh, maybe some easy buckets. That's what we mean by we say be more aggressive. The thought process and Mindset that some Bulls fans have of P. Will going out there and getting 16 shots per game, that's just not going to happen. It's probably not going to happen, but he can take that 7.7 shots per game he's averaged for his career and easily turn that to probably 10 to 11 shots per game by just being more aggressive. So that's what I mean by that. All right, let's get into the last voicemail. This one's from Casual Kelder. Hey, man, this is Kelder again. You can call me Kelder. The only one who calls me Brian in my life is my mom, you know? She doesn't really like me that much anymore anyway, so that's probably fine. A couple questions. One um, related to Patrick Williams. One, uh, I like what you said about the starting lineup. I do think it's going to be Torrey Craig, um, not because of skill, because of fit and consistency. I think the vets who are pushing for the playoffs are going to want to know um, who they're playing with and what he's going to provide every game. Williams, then, if he's having one of his good games, can play more in those good games. They can kind of shuffle him in and let him develop off the bench. Second one is, this is a bigger, broader question is, uh, as far as AK, do you think he takes big swings on his draft picks uh, based on potential because he knows they can't go over the luxury tax to get a free agent? 
And that's the way to get him. Is and he's trying to take a big swing on a big um, major guy. All right, man. Bye. Um, Daniel, uh, Tory Craig, Daniel Craig. Wow, ben James Bond starting for the Bulls. Tory Craig starting. Um, I do think that it, it's a possibility there. But like I've said, like I hope that P. Will comes in and performs in a way in training camp in the preseason that that conversation goes away. It's up to him to do it. But I completely understand your points and why Tory Craig would make a great starter with this core. Right? I completely understand that. Now, as far as AK taking swings on high upside guys because of the luxury tax, here's what I'll say. There's a couple of different mindsets you can have in the draft. You can go best available. You can go high upside. You can go immediate need now. that A player that doesn't necessarily need upside, that doesn't have the highest upside, but has a ready-made NBA skill. And here's how I see that. When you're drafting high in the draft, right, you can go best available or high upside. When you're drafting kind of in the middle of the pack, it depends on what you have and where your roster is, right? And when it goes ready-made NBA skill, I think that's more so where you go where you have a firm base set and you're already a playoff team. You're a consistent team and you may need some three-point. Like if the Bulls were consistent, let's say for the last couple years, right, the Bulls actually made it out the first round and it was clear that we just needed three-point shooting, then you draft your three-point shooter, right? But I think what AK goes high upside because he's swinging for the fences. He understands that until this team gets a true surefire star to superstar, right, that there's a cap on how far this team could realistically go anyway. And so your best bet to get that is to go high upside, maybe a little bit unproven, and then hope that the guy's going to hit that the high point of that upside, and then you get lucky. And then you can your trajectory of your team completely changes. So I don't necessarily think it's luxury tax-based. I do think that that can play a role in it in general, right? That's what draft picks offer, a low-cost, co- high-level talent if you draft right. So not paying huge money for a draft pick that's the whole point of the draft overall now it can be a little bit maximized by how the Chicago Bulls franchise operates for sure but I think that's part of kind of the game of basketball anyway but you guys can let me know what you think on all that down below that's it for today's show make sure you guys are following the show at Bulls Central Pod you can send us any feedback questions comments concerns BullsCentralPod at gmail.com lastly if you want to leave a text message and our voicemail for our mailbag episodes 773-270-2799 we are the number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related because of you guys. And like I liked in every episode on. Go Bulls. Love you guys. See you right if you can, y'all. Peace. This has been a presentation of the Break Break Media. Media.